Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Playing With Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fan cast. Uh, real quick, some housekeeping in the front here. Uh, this is the last episode that I am posting on SoundCloud. After this episode drops, there will be no more episodes of Playing With Squirrels on SoundCloud. You will need to subscribe on a podcasting app to continue listening to the show. It's a long story. Don't want to get into it. Anyway, we are discussing It's a Wonderful Night, released on March 11th, 1994. That is this date right now. Uh, and I am joined by my co-host from the Horror Movie Night podcast, Scott Scott, thank you for joining me on this episode. Oh, it was my pleasure. So you're not the Boy Meets World super fan that myself <laughs> and, and a lot of the uh, other guests have been. But given what the overarching storyline of this episode is, I really felt like it was a good one to have you on for since it's about Corey and Sean trying to watch a really shitty horror movie. <laughs> And that probably provides the most entertaining elements of the episode. Uh, so the episode involves, basically, it's like one of those madcap, it all happened in one night and it's all craziness. Uh, Corey and Sean have a plan to trick their babysitter into thinking that she's got terrible acne so that well, they can... Oh, So, so you're missing... Um... She's Judy, Queen of Zits. <laughs> <laughs> they like they're, they're not. They're they're pretty mean to her. And then even Mr. Feeney is like, "Oh, if she's having a breakout. I can't imagine what kind of horrible thing her face looks like." <laughs> like Mr. Feeney is supposed to be the adult in the room, and he's not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, they, I have that line written down. She's having some skin. She's having some skin uh, crisis. And he goes, I don't even want to think what a crisis would be for her. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, everybody's just dragging her so hard. So there's that going on. Uh, Corey and Eric's parents are going to some big event. And then Eric ha is lying that he passed his driver's test to go on a date with two hot bomb babes, I believe his friend J Jason calls them. Yeah. <laughs> But the movie, I mean, the best element of the episode is that Corey and Sean have got have rented a movie called I'm Blowing Up Your Head Part Six Stompy's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I, uh, oh, man, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the you're going to have to cut this down. Um, the, the the lines from the movie reminded me of evil ed like the stuff that evil ed had to um edit i, I wrote two of them down because i the wrote one in, all of them down actually yeah. 
All right, college girl in the shower, kiss your head goodbye. Yeah. All right, buxom night nurse, say goodbye <laughs> to your head. <laughs> I did. That did elicit a legitimate belly laugh from me, but that's really the only thing I enjoyed about this episode was the like the the voiceovers from the movie. Oh no, that I that was pretty much why I picked it like picked you to have to watch it. Because I was like, he's going to at least get something out of how well done the shitty horror movie like sound effects are. Uh I do appreciate early on, it kind of reminds me of Monster Squad a bit, but there's the line where Corey reads the name of the movie and he goes, Part six, Stumpy's Revenge. But I thought Stumpy died in part five, and Sean goes, Well, that's why he wants revenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there a line like um, I don't want to ruin the ending, but zzz, or something like that. Is he talking about the the the? Oh, it's it's oh because oh, oh, oh it's I'm sorry. That's he's talking because he he sleeves it in a VHS case for Barney's called Barney. Barney salutes the the alphabet. What's yeah. the name? Of it? Yeah, okay, and that's when his brother's like, "I hate to ruin the ending, but Z." So it's not <laughs> boring. It's it's. But I, my note is very confusing. <laughs> uh well and the other the only other big line that i wrote down from this episode that i thought was great was when eric fails his driver test and his friend jason is belittling him and he's like i don't understand how you can fail a driver's test before it even begins he's like the guy waved me up i moved he's like that wasn't the dmv guy he goes well i thought so he goes the dmv guys are a bunch of cops they don't usually wave you while holding a case of beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good line. I think that the the whole point of this was overshadowed for me, or I mean the 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 uh, the fun part of the episode, which was you know like I'm blowing up your head. Uh, <laughs> it, it was very strongly overshadowed by how uncomfortable the girls made me. Um, oh, they were awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's less them and more the way everybody is talking about them and acting towards them because um, the, the the friend is like um, two babes in drafty apparel because because the, they call they call up and they're like um, it's you don't hear the phone call but um, Corey's brother is like um, re- responding to it you know, that that whole trope and he's like. You think that the do you? I think that that dress will be too short. And then his friends like no, no, no. <laughs> um, so I, it would have been better if you never saw them, just like you never saw Judy Queen of Zits, because it just leaves it to the imagination. But no, they they the car gets impounded and um, they have to go talk to I, Tony with a Y, who I'm guessing is a wrestler. Is he a wrestler? Because he looked like a wrestler. I don't know who he is. There's part of me that wanted to look him up because I feel like he he reminded me of Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. Actually, that that must be who he was reminding me of because I just kind of thought that it was a wrestler. And you'd be like, ha ha, yeah, I remember that from my childhood. And I'd be like, yeah, well, I didn't watch wrestling. This is what yeah. we do on the other show. Uh, but, but then he's like, Tony with a Y is bamboozled by these... 14-year-old girls? Maybe they're 15. I, I don't know. It's just weird. I would imagine I would imagine 16 if he is trying he's taking the driver's lesson or the driver's oh, test. Okay. Well, there's no there's no implication that they are the same grade as that as as Corey's brother. So I'm guessing they are, but they could be a year younger. And so we have this 30 plus year old wrestling type 
guy who the girls bat their eyes at him and like cross their legs in what are very drafty dresses. Like they're the, the, the quintessential nineties sundresses that just show like two thirds of the thigh when they sit down. And it's like, I don't want to be seeing this. So points for continuity. And it actually 100% is the actor who played ogre in revenge of the nerds. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad that we both kind of got that some sort of like reference was being made with his casting. But yeah, it was just weird because they like batted their eyes at him. And he was like, yeah, well, here you can have the car back. I don't know. I don't I don't think I would personally endanger my job for a couple high school girls. I don't know. That's just me. I'm, I guess I'm not as hard up for attention as Ogre from Revenge yeah. of the Nerds is. Well, I I like I do like his character when Feeny shows up. <laughs> and I there's like that really weird I can't remember what it is now, but there was the weird like line back and forth where he's Feeny, he's like, "Yeah, you isn't getting that car." And he's like, "Aren't." It's like, "Aren't what what?" He's like, "You aren't getting the car." He's like, "Sir, I already got the car." <laughs> like, <laughs> See, this is a lot more fun to discuss than it was to watch. <laughs> well, at the end, what I basically came down to is that the Matthews, both Matthews brothers have the worst best friends imaginable because Sean and Jason are the reason why they did the things that they did. And then as soon as like the trouble's about to happen, they're just like, oh, you hardly know me. And then like walk off and leave them to deal with it. Um. Oh, I do have one more uh, one more Feeney quote is at the very end after he's outed all of the different issues and then said that their children are spawn. The spawn of Satan just goes, well, my work's here is done tip. And <laughs> yeah. they say nothing goes. All right, fine, then <laughs> <laughs> I can just see that hitting so hard when you're like 10 years old watching this. When it was oh, it's so. I like how much of a dick he is to the little girl. (laughs) I think I will not wear. I will not wear the floppy hat. (laughs) Doesn't he like show up to um to to pick up the car still wearing the earrings or something like that? (laughs) Yeah, because he he goes. I shouldn't be taking talking lessons from a man with earrings in right now. (laughs) (laughs) Which. 1994 um but i mean the episode's okay it's not a great one but i I definitely think that it it has some very fun nostalgic like i remember having to sneak horror movies past my parents a little bit so this this was kind of fun uh to to relive that uh but season one is still like again i've said it pretty much every episode uh of this season of playing with squirrels but it, season one is such a rough, very, very kid-centric show, and I'm looking forward to later seasons when they actually kind of become a little bit more fun. And especially when you have a lot of those before they were famous cameos, like when uh, Daniel Harris pops into a few episodes wait, and Adam wait, Scott. When? <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I think someone may have already claimed that episode. Let me see. No, that's I fine. Think- no, no, I'm not. I'm not asking for it. I'm just like shocked and amazed. It- She plays, you love her because she plays the, uh, the thuggy sister of the greaser kid. So she's like dressed in like a fifties, like leather, like fifties greasers jacket and like talking very, uh, like rebel without a cause. E. Wow. 
That sounds amazing. Wait, so it, what um, what year is that? Do you, that I mean, just... that's ninety five. So it would have been right around Halloween four or five time. Actually, no. after. Oh, so. hell no, dude. Yeah, because because yeah. that was eighty eight, eighty nine. Um, yeah. and she did not show up in six. So she would have been, I'm guessing, what like eighteen, probably. I mean, but, but like, because I had a humongous crush on her, and I remember um, going to uh, my mom's. My mom was a teacher, and I would go to her school sometimes on the weekends when she would be doing stuff, and I would just hang out on the internet because the their internet was faster than it was at home. Uh, and and um, I remember finding an angel fire site that was a super like surprisingly creepy uh, 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 tribute to Danielle Harris, and and I was like, oh oh, she's she's older now because you know I was I was like, 14, I'm like oh she's like 1918. She, she just lived she just lived in 1988 forever. <laughs> She didn't die at the end of that movie. Weird. Like the kids who think she didn't die at the end of a movie. Um, so uh, I just I remember that and having the biggest crush on her when she was in Urban Legend as the like gothy girl. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot that she's in that. I have not. I have not forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I I might have to just watch along and listen to that episode, those episodes when she's on because. I am such a sucker for Danielle Harris. I mean, she's not like very prolific, but she just seems like she really enjoys what she does. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, so there's one more thing I want to point out, and it's the the closing credits scene. So the punishment that gets brought down upon Corey and Eric is that they are uh, forced two weeks of gr- being grounded in which Corey has to watch nothing but educational TV and uh, Eric has to study the driver's manual until he passes the test. Uh, the reason why they want him to pass is because the mother, Amy, is sick of driving uh, Corey and Morgan everywhere. But the closing credits scene made me real pissed off because you've got two kids that both need to be at two places at the same time. And all of that responsibility is on Eric. While Amy's just like, do I read the magazine before I go in the tub or do I get into the tub and then read the magazine? (laughs) I was just sitting there like you bitch, (laughs) at least split the difference and be like, I'll take care of Eric or I'll take care of Corey. You get Morgan to where she needs to go. No, man, she's been waiting eight, 16 years for this. Moment. This is true. I don't since, know. Like since the, Eric the, was born, like, yeah, this was not one of the better showing the Matthews as a good wholesome family episode. Um, yeah, I, I guess so, I get that they were trying to like get the the humor aspect in there, but they're kind of shitty. Yeah, just a bit. All right, so real quick, we we will wrap up the discussion here. So, Scott, I know that you're not nearly the the Boy Meets World super fan that that most people are on this show, nor <laughs> do I think that you've watched an episode that's going to change that. But you were a child of the you were a child of the '90s, so I know that you have to have some history with Boy Meets World and TGIF as a whole. Yeah, I had a crush so on Topanga, are, like everybody else in 1997. <laughs> I was going to say, so what are some of your fondest Boy Meets World me- or Boy Meets World or TGIF memories, really? Oh man, um, I don't have any Boy Meets World 
memories at all. Like I, I think this is the second or third episode I've ever watched the whole way through. I watched a couple with my wife Megan. That's that's like when we first started dating. That was about it. Um, but TGIF. Did you ever def- see the Scream episode? Because I feel like that's up your alley. Episode. They did an episode that's a 25-minute parody of Scream featuring Jennifer Love Hewitt as a character named Jennifer Love Pfefferman. That is like, <laughs> it's so it's so absurdly self-aware. I feel like you would love that episode. All right. Well, I guess that I'm on the hook for watching a couple more of these, even though this did not do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is like, my love of the 90s far, far outweighs my disinterest in this first season of boy meets world like i I, that's that's all there is to it like i will watch anything that gives me that nostalgia boner for the 90s uh i love (laughs) but yeah like um uh was it um family matters was was a big one for tgif uh full house full house yeah i I didn't didn't love full house i loved step by step um and I'm, I don't know. Well, I'm step by step does not hold up. <laughs> oh, dude. None of these shows hold up. Like that's the whole thing is that. Yeah. Later don't. seasons of Boy Meets World do. Later se- oh. seasons of Boy Meets World hold up a lot better than anything else that happened on TGI. Well, that's the thing is that I, I, what I'm assuming is that the, the, the reality here is that Boy Meets World became more, um, memorable and timeless once they stopped with so much of the comedy and went more of the sentimental route actually it's the reverse it it actually is more from what i've realized that because boy meets world was such a consistent hit tgif just let them do whatever they wanted and it just got super like it got so bizarre that it wasn't trying to touch on anything anymore. So it was just like, yeah, we'll do an episode that takes place in the 1930s. And like, they'll just do like, hey, they t- they time traveled this episode or like whatever. And it was those episodes where it was just balls to the wall crazy because it wasn't trying to capture the essence of the 90s anymore. It kind of made it that it lasts better, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, well, I guess that's that. That can be. I mean, you're the connoisseur, not me. Uh, but from what <laughs> I had experienced, it seemed like the ones that people think most fond, like people that aren't super fans of the show, that but the people that yeah. remember it fondly without rewatching it. Um, I think that a lot of them remember the sentimental episodes and storylines, and they think fondly on the interpersonal stuff, not the crazy stuff like, okay, we're time traveling now, because I didn't even know that was a thing in this show. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right, well, Scott, thank you for joining us on uh, this week's episode of Playing With Squirrels. I don't think that there's another episode throughout the rest of March, so we'll probably be back sometime in April or late March. I don't really remember. I'm not good at this show sometimes. (laughs) Uh, End of March. March 25th, we'll be back. Uh, That episode is already in the can, and it's with the Jersey Ghouls cast. So uh, come and check that out because it is sure to be a good time, and we will be back in like two weeks. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Thanks for having me.